0: Morning. We are concluding our series from this day forward. Today is the end of that series. Next week, as Kevin talked about earlier, we have got one of the coolest services uh, planned for us ever. I'm I'm very excited about it. Staff meeting was a blast on Tuesday, just dreaming up ways in which we could engage the kids and their parents uh, and everybody in a... um, multi-sensory way, um, on next Sunday, multi-sensory. So, uh, yeah, for all of those of you who are upset that you graduated from the kids wing, you get to go back next week and you're going to be very excited about it. Um, so we're going to, w- there will be a uh, truth aplenty for everyone. This is not going to be, Oh, I don't have to come cause it's just for the kids. That is not the way this will go. It'll be for everyone, uh, but you do not want to miss next week. Uh, I'm telling you, we're going to do this a couple times this summer. I'm very, very excited about it, Um, and just excited about the idea of worshiping as a family. Um, One of the things we got to do when I was a student pastor in Georgia was my children were always with us because if Kelly was a volunteer and I was the pastor... We, we needed someone, were, there were our kids, uh, and all the babysitters were with us, right? So um, we were going, okay, what are we going to do? So we just brought them with us, like, well, let's see how this works. And it was so fun to watch them worship uh, with us and worship with the people around them and worship with the, the people who, who were pouring into their lives on a daily uh, manner. And so when we come here, uh, that same attitude of how do we worship with our children, how do we worship um, as a family together? This shouldn't be a segregation of faith uh, going on in our church. And so we want to, to foster those relationships as best as we possibly can. So make every effort to be here next week. Uh, dads, I know it's Father's Day, but there is no better gift that you can get than seeing your kids worship with you on Father's Day. I promise you, it's better than any tie or any, uh, anything else that you may uh, get on that day. So there's that. Uh, today I want to talk about, let's make till death do us part a reality instead of a hope. Let's, this is your tweetable. If you tweet, if you don't tweet, this is what you could tweet if you did tweet. If you were a twit, I don't know. That's what you could do. Let's make from death <laughs> till death do us part a reality, not a hope. And as our friend Andy Stanley has said, hope is not a strategy. I hope I win a million dollars. I don't even play the lottery so that's kind of a silly hope, but I hope, hope Ed McMahon just shows up and says, yeah, I didn't fill out the paperwork, but I would I would be appreciative. I'd be excited. Hope is not a strategy. How are we going to make this actually happen? That's what we're moving forward in today. Let's make Till Death Do Us Part a reality instead of a hope. We're finishing the series from this day forward, which if you're just coming in on this, I don't want to... Uh, make you feel terrible today. Maybe you've had marriages uh, that have failed in the past. You've had issues. You've got stuff. Look, from I can't control the past. I can't do the stuff that, that happened in the past. I can't deal with that. I'm, I'm not, I can't, don't have a time machine. Wish you did. That'd be really cool. Uh, but what I can do is from this day forward help you make decisions and have the Lord invade your life and change the decisions that are made from this day forward. Maybe, like forgetting the arguments we had 30 minutes ago when the kids were going crazy and stuff was getting thrown and you didn't even know where the spaghetti came from, but it got chucked at your head. You know, that was 30 minutes ago. From this day forward, let's move on. Because you're like, well, that would have, been, especially on the fight fair day, everybody's like, well, that'd been nice about 45 minutes ago. Jared, thank you for that information now. Um, but that's, that's what we're, we're trying to decide. From this day forward, let's do things differently. And how are we going to do that? We've talked about five incredibly important points that can revolutionize your relationship. If you remember the very first one we talked about, it can improve your chances of having a lifelong marriage 625 times over the national average. 625 times. If I would tell you that I could improve your work productivity 625 times over what you did last year, you'd go... I could increase your earning potential 625 times over what you did last year. Everybody just sat up better. All right? If I can improve your marriage chances of succeeding 625 times, that's a lot. I'm not good at math. You all know this, but I'm pretty sure I can. Ooh, that's in the win column. And so that's what these five things are are going for, and, and we want to go through them kind of as a recap today. Number one is seek God, we've got to seek God first. This is number one for a reason. God, Out, out of the, uh, the pyramid of how we're going to improve our marriage, everything flows out of our relationship with God. We operate under a principle what flows over the head flows over the body. What fl- however we have it orchestrated is how everything else is going to come out. So if God is the, the primary source in our life, if God is what's number one, then everything else is in proper order. We're going to do better. We have to seek God first. If if we have something else, number one. If we have work, number one. Even if we have something good like our kids, number one. Things are going to break down. God has to be number one, or this is stuff is you're out of you're out of alignment. It's like having a tractor tire in a in a you know a Hot Wheels t- tire on your car. This is not going to work well. You've got to be in the right priority in this. Seek God first. Second week was fight fair. You can listen to all these messages again online at scog.com if you missed a week. Um, But uh, fight fair, we had a lot of fun with this one. The main takeaway from this week was don't fight to win, fight to resolve. Or even put another way, don't fight to personally personally win, but for your relationship to win. And far too often in our fights, we fight to win the cheap victory, but we're losing the war. We choose, ooh, if I play this card and I play this card, I'm going to win every time. I play this card and I play this card and I win. I play this card and this card and she, st- she shuts her mouth. I play this card and this card and he goes away. I play this card, I won, I won, I won. And now you got a divorce and you wonder why. Fight fair. Fight to win in the relationship, not to win personally. Number three, have fun. We had fun in this message. This was, this was fun. But how do we have fun in a relationship? And you're looking at me and you're going, Jared, we haven't had fun since 1972. We want to rediscover what it is to, just to discover the person that we're married to. Who's on the other end of that couch? Let's just have fun together. Finding ways to, to, to enjoy each other in a, in a, in a healthy, wonderful away. Last week, we talked about staying pure and what that means for our relationship. Now, I've been told by two women that I respect in this church that I let the women off too easy, that I made it feel like it was all the men's fault. So women, you got a message coming there, you know, I just, I I got yelled at because I was too easy on women. I thought that was really funny um, and I appreciate that. As you can understand, I came from the man's point of view, I usually only, but uh, so I will, I will try to be more, um, step on more women's toes. See, I'm used to women always being right, and so I just kind of stay away from that. <laughs> Have you met my mother? Have you met my wife? Uh, so we, uh, we dealt with that. So, but anyway, there, and I was told there was some, some, some issues here, and I'm just going to recap this real quick, and then we're going to move on. But I wanted to point to it. As we talked about men falling uh, prey to maybe images and And different trains of thoughts and places they they go um, that that detracts from their purity and their love relationship. I would say, ladies, um, your sensory sometimes is different. And what are you reading? Is Fifty Shades of Grey on your nightstand? And if it is, throw it away. If it's romance novels that are all on your Kindle because no one can see the covers, delete, 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 delete. Get it away. Not even a hint in your marriage. Now, I didn't talk long enough to these two ladies to know what the other stuff that you guys deal with is. So I'm going to stop there. But those are two major things. We're like, oh, it's fine if I read these. It's just a book. No, it's poison that kills you. Stay pure in your marriage. I'll get, go away. That was last week. Number five, never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Give up. That's what we're going to talk about today. Let's make till death do us part a reality instead of a hope. And some of you are like, oh, I can kill him. This is, not, uh, this is not an excuse to plan murder, okay? Uh, but uh, never give up. Matthew 19, verses 3 through 6. Some Pharisees came to him to test him, and they asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. See, the Pharisees are asking this question. So what do you think about this whole divorce thing? How do I get out of this deal? And what was the the law of the land at the time was... The man held all the power. He held all the power. Women were considered basically property, and which is interesting because a Jewish woman had way more rights than women of other uh, cultures at the time. But a Jewish woman basically was a piece of property of the man. And so what would happen is if he said, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you, three times like that, they were divorced. That cuts down on the court fees. Uh, but that is all it took. And so you can imagine you rely as a woman, you relied on the man for all your protection, all of your income, all of your resource, everything. You relied on your man for everything. Cause it's a much different culture, much different time period. You relied on him for everything. And so you always had this constant fear of if he gets mad, this goes happens. And they could do basically like the no-fault divorce, but times 10, my peanut butter and jelly's not done right. Boom. It's over. You're out on the street. And so the Pharisees are like, what, this, what is going on here? And Jesus is like, you want me to pontificate on the justness or unjustness of this, this law and all that? Let me tell you, let's back that train up a little bit. They are no longer two. They are one. God made them what? Not two one, and you can't separate that. It's kind of like gluing. You got, you, if you're a parent of a preschooler, this tragedy has happened to you. And since I have two preschoolers at the same time, this has happened really bad because they come home with their sticky, gooey art projects. And three gallons of Elmer's glue was sacrificed in the making of this one little project. You know what I'm talking about, right? And, but they put them together. And it is the end of the world that daddy cannot separate the two, right? He can't pull them apart. But my project, and Kindle's is perfectly done. It's all in the lines. And I bet you can tell that Bowen's was maybe a little different. But Kindle wants, to, they want to show their daddy. They want to show their mommy. They want to hang it on the refrigerator. They want to be proud of it. But the two became one. And you go to separate that, and what happens? You rip, and you tear, and it's disfigured, and it's not the same as it was before. And any of you who've gone through divorce go, yeah, that was the feeling when I went through that, that it was this ripping of myself apart. You can't take two, make them one, and then... If you use super glue, we have stock, me and Paul. But you use super glue, you know when you put something back together, it's basically like molecularly, I don't know if I said that word right, but it is, something chemically is happening where it's bonding the plastic on one and plastic on the other and pulling it together. And so when that breaks, again, you know you've messed it up. Have you, ever, you, know, you have super glue or gorilla glue where you've, you've put it together and then you try it and you're like, oh, I really broke it good now. That, that's, that's what happens is because they are not supposed to come together. They've been bonded together. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking about math. I know. You're surprised. But I was thinking about how, how marriage is a multiplication unit, not an addition unit. It's a one times one. Because marriage is, that's where we go forth and multiply from. It is for multiplication. It is not for just addition addition, you 1 plus 1, you, you get a different number. You subtract it, you get a different number. That's, that's nice and t- tidy. And that's kind of how we view marriages sometimes, I think. But it's a multiplication. You can multiply it all day. 1 times 1 is 1. Last time I checked, right? I'm still right on that? Okay, thank you. And if you divide it, you get 1 as well. It's, it's, it's 1. It's 1, and it's going to be 1, and it will be 1. It's 1. It's one of those truths. It's one. And so when you try to divide, this is not working right. And we, we put it in a, and that's how marriage is supposed to be, but we've treated it as a disposable, as a, as a subtraction problem. And that's where we've gotten all kinds of issues in our marriage relationships. I want to explore that a little bit more. Marriage is a covenant, not a contract. What's a covenant? A covenant is a promise that lasts a lifetime. Actually, a covenant with a covenant with God, it is a promise that lasts for eternity. We have several covenants. The Noahic covenant means God's never going to destroy the world with rain again. I'm questioning this covenant today, uh, but we don't need to go build arcs because God said I'm not going to destroy the world anymore with water. That's that was. Abraham's covenant is, I'm going to make you people as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I'm going to give you a great land to live in. And then over and over again, there's these new coven- these covenants that come on, and covenants that come on, and they're forever. And this is what we're signing up for when we do our marriage vows. This is from sickness to health, right, for richer, for poorer. I just said for poor because I knew the richer wasn't going to be an option, but until death do us part. This is the covenant. This is not a contract. It doesn't come with a but. If you don't do the dishes, it doesn't do, it doesn't, it doesn't come with that. But especially in our American culture, all 50 states have no fault divorce now, right? We've made marriage a contract, not a covenant. And with this comes all kinds of slew of problems, We're going to explore this a little bit more. Covenant is based on mutual commitment. A covenant is based on mutual commitment. And I read this this week, and the book we've kind of followed along other than the Bible in this series is called From This Day Forward by Craig and Amy Groeschel. I urge you to go pick it up. It's a great, easy read, but just full, packed full of good stuff. He says in this book, he says, getting a divorce because you ran out of love It's like selling your car because you ran out of gas. You hear that? Getting a divorce because you ran out of love is like selling your car because you ran out of gas. I ran out of gas. I got to get rid of my car. That's a contract type environment. You don't do that. A covenant is I am in this all the way. Love and gas can be gotten again. We talked about that all in how to have fun. I think that, that was all about different ways to fall back in love with each other again. And I want to challenge you today, and we're going to hopefully come back to this if I remember, is that I want to, for the next 30 days, just pray that I love my spouse more today than I did yesterday. Some of you are saying, that's not going to be hard to do. Some of you are like, oh, that's just, oh, my goodness. Infinity times infinity is still infinity, Jared. (laughs) As my father-in-law would have said, yuck, mush. But seriously, think about this. Just covenant to pray. An Easy, easy, easy thing here. Just covenant each day to pray. Because God wants, this is a prayer that God's like, I'm wanting to bless this. Please, please, please pray this prayer. That I will love my wife or my husband more today than I did yesterday. For 30 days, and see what that does. I promise you, amazing things will start to open in your eyes. Attitudes will be different. Even if it's just your attitude. That doesn't come with a caveat. Let me love them more if they change their ways. Of stupid, no, 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 no. Let me love them more today than, they did, than I did yesterday. That's where we just stop that sentence. No buts, no however's. No caveats. Because what? If we just say that sentence, that's a covenant. If we start putting the comma, but, that's a contract. You see the the difference? Contracts are based on mutual distrust. Maybe some of you in here have prenups. I'm not bashing you, remember, from this day forward. The prenups are a bad idea because you're already going into it thinking this is not going to work, right? Just in case. No, we don't want it just in case. You are in. You have jumped in. You are, the ships are burned down. You are in the water. You, you're in covenant instead of a contract. A contract is based on mutual distrust. I am trying to rent out my house in Georgia you want to pray for me? You can pray for that. Um, cause there's a lot of stress, uh, trying to rent out my house in Georgia right now. I have contract issues. People leaving early. They pay in the fines. Oh, they didn't tell me about that hole in the wall or the dryer doesn't work anymore or this or that. And the sliding door, they broke that. Oh, fine. Right. How are you going to, how you going to deal with that? Anybody who's rented a house knows that's not their home. It's not their home. They don't care. It's just a place they stay for a while. And I understand it's not their home like it is me. I have a relationship. I brought my babies home to that house. You better take care of that house. It's my home. It's not your home. And so if I was in a covenant relationship with those people, we would promise that the best was gonna happen for that house, right? But no, we're in a contract, and I just gotta I have to guard myself against the ways in which they're going to hurt me. And they guard themselves in the, which the ways I could hurt them. That's what those twenty pages of contract is all about. Does this make sense? That's that's not a way to grow a marriage. This week I had a a contract go bad on me. I had a guy being dishonest. He said, "Yeah, I'm cutting your grass." He'd take picture of the front yard. He never took cut the backyard. Took advantage of me because I I, I live in Illinois. He took a picture. I'm like jerk. A little forgiveness. Pray pray through that one. Uh, but. Uh, I, it's just the same way. That was, that's a contract. I I didn't protect myself well enough for mistrust. Right. But if we're in a covenant relationship, the new guy who's mowing one of my students, Daniel's little brother, actually, the guy with the crazy beard that comes here every once in a while, his little brother, I am in a covenant relationship with that kid. I would trust him with anything in my house. And so I said, no, 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 I don't care. He can cut it uneven and just get it done. I don't care. I trust this boy. I trust him. He, We will be together. You see the, the difference? And I think in our mindset, I'm tell, telling you just little simple stories, but the idea in changing our mindset in our relationships is it's got to be a covenant-based. I am all in. There is no yes and or but or however or anything. I am all in. A contract is based on mutual distrust. Interesting thing a covenant does. A covenant surrenders rights and assumes responsibility. A covenant surrenders rights and assumes responsibility. There is not the statement, that's not my job in a covenant relationship. Whereas a contract, contract protects your rights and shirks responsibilities. We want to move to a covenant relationship. Covenant always has the interest of the other in mind. A contract always has personal convenience in mind. And as I look through my own marriage, as I look through the years that we've been married, I think there's times when I had the attitude of this was a contract. I'll tell you right now, those were the worst times in our marriage. Those are the roughest times in our marriage. But when I was all in and everything was about the, the her and how I can make her life better and her was, her attitude was how does she help me? This is when everything got way better. Covenant relationship. How do we do this? How do I? This is all well and good, Jared. But you don't live in the marriage that I live in. You don't have the life that I have. You don't have to look at that person every day. You don't know the past. I understand. From this day forward, how do we change it? From this moment forward, how do we change it? Malachi 2.16 says, So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife or husband of your youth. The man who hates or divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord, all God Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. You do violence. Number one. We shall, we will make the choice to love. We will make the choice to love. This is a hard choice sometimes. It's a necessary choice. See, we decide, we make the choice to bring up the arguments from two months ago, from 20 years ago. We make that choice. We decide to pick that fight, to push that button, to go back there, to return to our own vomit. We make that choice. We can also choose to love. The choice is first. The feelings will follow. We will make the choice to love. Some of you, this means we have to embrace a lot of grace. We have to forgive them of stuff, of things. And it also means that we have to forgive ourselves of our past. And this is huge. Some of the things we've let define even our own personalities and how we deal with everything in our lives. We have to let that go so we can be who God has wanted us to be, who has called us to be in this marriage Relationship. Make the choice to love. Remember, thirty days. Pray that I'll love this person more today than I did yesterday. You can do that longer than thirty days, by the way. I just—it was a starting point. Colossians three fourteen says, "And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity." Number two, we will prioritize our Relationship. We will prioritize our relationship. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We will prioritize our relationship. As we talked about earlier in the seek God message, this has to be at the top of our list Because how many of us know that other things will come in the way? Other things get in the way. Kids are really good at getting in the way. They excel at it. Jobs, bosses, they're pretty good at it as well. Toys, they're really good at it. We have to prioritize our relationships. And some of us, that's hard because we felt like we haven't really loved this person for a while. We haven't been choosing love. And so if we're not choosing to love this person, the priority in that relationship just keeps on slipping farther and farther and farther down. Because I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to go near it. I don't. uh, Right? We have to put a priority on this relationship when we choose to love them. Your relationships have priorities. Your life has priorities. It might take some serious self-evaluation of, oh, my marriage is important to me. Is it? Is is it really? Like, just asking the question. Journal it through. Then burn the piece of paper. It's not something you want later on. But journal it through. Write it down. What are the priorities in my life? Honestly. Be honest with yourself. Take an hour or so just to think it through. Pray through it. God will show you stuff. If you write slow, I started journaling, uh, picked it up pretty heavily this week, journaling again. And you know, no one can read my handwriting. If you've gotten a handwritten note from me, I'm sorry. I said nice things, I promise. But no one can read my handwriting, so it's it's kind of safe for me to journal. So I say all kinds of things in those journals. But what God has just been impressing on me just a few times in a few pages of of writing it down, journal it through, ask the question, God, is, is my marriage even a priority for me right now? And how do I get that back? We have to prioritize our relationship. We, number three, we will trust God. We will trust God. We will trust God. Psalm 127 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. A lot of times, I think in our relationships and in our marriages, it feels like we're on a treadmill. And we are running really, really fast on that treadmill, but we're not going anywhere. Unless the Lord is involved, the builders labor in vain. Like I said, pray the prayer. God, let me love my spouse more today than I did yesterday. It's an easy first step way into making sure that God is building your relationship. If you're in a dating relationship or you're looking for a relationship, pray, God, is this someone who I'm even supposed to be in a relationship with? Yeah, they look fun. It looks like it could work. But God, do we think about praying about, you know, God, uh, is this someone I should even be in a relationship with? It's a lot easier to take care of that issues on the, the front end than it is on the back end. it has to be built on God or it's built on sand and the foundation will erode over and over again. The good news is this, God can build a foundation in any circumstance. It's not like, oh, well, I messed up the foundation, we got to tear down the house. He's, he's got all kinds of little forklifts and things that can put concrete back underneath there. It's amazing how God does that. And for us today, as we as we kind of think about our marriages and we think about our relationships and we think about what we want our marriage to look like in the future, how do we build that foundation strong? Right now, you may be thinking about the mistakes of your past. You may be thinking about the stuff that is kind of taking you off course. I don't want you to dwell on that. I want you to think, from this day forward, I choose love. From this day forward, I know we got stuff in the past and the arguments of the past and all this stuff and the stuff and just the weight of the past. From this day forward, how are we going to make it different? From this moment, from this Sunday morning on, how do we make it different? I want you all to pray with me. God, will you take away the pressure of the past and show us how to have a beautiful future? God, right now I want to choose to have a covenant kind of marriage and not a contract. I've been tallying up all the wrong things people have been doing for way too long, God. I want to jump into a covenant that keeps no record of wrong. Lord, right now I want to surrender my heart and my life to you. I want to surrender my marriage to you. I've been doing it on my own. I've been building sandcastles for a long time. God, will you be my priority? My marriage be a priority. Lord, I don't even know how to build it back up. I don't even know where to start. God, will you help me? Will you show me? And Lord, will you help me love my spouse more today? than I did yesterday. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen. I wanted to give one caveat, and I meant to do this earlier. If you are, um, no one should be a punching bag and no one should be being abused. And so if you're going, oh, Jared's telling me to tough it out, he's telling me to tough it out, tough it out, and you're a punching bag, I'm not, don't hear that, please, okay? I just, I, I, felt, I felt pressed to, to say that. I don't want you to feel like uh, that, those are situations that you have to press through. Um, no one should be, be treated like that, okay? Um, so I had to say that. felt the Lord just kind of popping in my head so it needed to be said. I don't know who to, um, but there's that. As we worship together, as we pray together, um, as we think through and go from this place, we ended a little earlier than we usually do. Um, I want us to think about how we can make, in this kind of reflective time, how we can make our marriages better. What are we going to do? How are we going to take these five steps and move from here on? Oftentimes when we get thinking about our marriages, we just think about past stuff. I don't want to do that. I want to think about how do we do better from here, from this day forward. If you're with your spouse today, if they're, they're here and worshiping with you today, grab their hand and pray with them during this song. If your spouse isn't here, pray for them during this time. It's no, not too late to start praying that prayer. Let me love them more today than I did yesterday. Join with us as we worship.